All right, guys, welcome to another Decent Performance podcast uh, solo today, Chris Emke. Um, and we have Andrew from HP Tuners with us. Andrew, how are you, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me today. I appreciate I, it. Seriously. I appreciate you taking some time. You're the busy one here. I just hang out all day. <laughs> like it. So, uh, Andrew, I wanted to bring you on. I, I wanted to talk about some of the cool stuff you guys have going on over at HPT and kind of debunk some common uh, misperceptions that, you know, some of the hardware companies versus the tuning companies have. Um, but I, I'd say for starters, you know, give us a little background on you. How did you get to where you're at now as far as, you know, background in the industry and things like that? All right. So this is a crazy kind of situation. So I've always been a uh, kind of an off-road guy. Um, okay. I've always, I had a shop before I worked for HP tuners. I, uh, travel the country doing a lot of shows, helping some of my vendors as well. Um, and uh, overall, I worked, this, I worked this one specific show called the Unlimited Off-Road Expo. And so you get to meet a lot of people in the industry and, uh, and it kind of grew from there. So long-term, uh, basically, I ended up uh, starting a YouTube channel with another guy. Um, he was actually the producer of that show. Um, we went on a trip called Trail to SEMA, and uh, I spent a, little, a whole month with my former boss at HP Tuners, who was he was the first employee, been around for a long time. And uh, he said, uh, do you want to come work for me? And I was like, eh, I like what I got going on here. I enjoy this shop a lot. And he's like, man, great company. And I've always been passionate about HP Tuners. We used it in my shop. I, uh, I'm not a calibrator, but we used it for uh, – gear and tire and uh, some different things on some Jeeps and stuff. So um, with my background in fabrication and off-road, I uh, it was kind of a natural fit. I um, went on as the channel sales manager. I started working with some of the larger accounts and, uh, you know, history was made, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm doing this every day. Um, so I'm now the diesel and off-road segment sales manager. So okay. I handle, I handle that. So it's great. So what's interesting here is your background is more in like gasoline off-road stuff, not necessarily like the diesel background, right? Yep, absolutely. So okay. I'm a huge Jeep guy, actually. I drive a buggy now. Um, I've got a, a buggy with a six liter in it, actually. So six liter LS, obviously. But yeah. There you so, go. Yep. Very cool. One of the things that I find unique, uh, you know, for, for us as a, as a company, right, at Calibrated, you know, we've always used some of like the other tuning platforms. And then like the L5P was really kind of like that, segue into the relationship with with hp tuner and hp tuner had offered support for diesels prior like the, the l5p wasn't like the first platform but it seemed like right it seemed like l5p was kind of like that platform that you know diesel the diesel industry started to recognize hp tuner a little more correct so you know we were an ls shop for years i mean that's our bread and butter it's where we you know we cut our teeth uh you know our owners who are still our owners today great guys they uh they're passionate about motorsports and, you know, they were tuning their own stuff, learning like everybody else learned back then, which was, you know, they have a really fantastic story if you ever are lucky enough to hear it. But uh, we, uh, you know, we, we also do Cummins. Um, you know, we have full Cummins support. We have five, nine, six, seven. Um, you know, we go all the way back to, you know, 849, 848. Yep. So we go way, way back there. We all, we all also do all the way up to 2450, all the newest stuff. Um, you know, we do six liter, six, four, we do six, seven power strokes. A lot of people don't know that because they just know us from L5P right. and, uh, we do a lot more and we actually are so passionate about the way we, you know, build the software and, and you know, our flash times and our logging and stuff. So they take, 
that same passion and put it into each application, which I think is really cool. But you're right. L5P, you know, we're the only guys on the block doing it. So it um, it really kind of just opened a door, I guess, so to say, um, you know, to a market of people who have been using competitors' products for years. And, right. uh, you know, it's not without its challenges every day, especially someone coming from a, a different type of tuning platform to our tuning platform. But right. we seem to have, you know, enough tools in place and enough knowledge, you know, in-house to, to help folks get, you know, you know, started and off their feet pretty fast. You know, I could, I could say from a customer's perspective, you know, I've, I've played with EFI Live, right, for example, for a long time. Yeah. And then um, I have a, an LS gas car that I had remotely tuned and um, the preference of hardware was HPT. So, you know, I ended up getting an MPVI and doing the read and the flash and then, you know, the data logging. And there's a lot of good tutorials that HPT offers for someone novice getting into this where, you know, you could be an expert in flashing a truck with a different software or a car with another software. Um, but HPT does have a little bit different uh, approach, you know, I guess you can say, and kind of the navigation and the tools. Um, but they do a really good job as far as, you know, having the user tutorials and things like that on like YouTube and things like that to be able to fall back on. Oh, absolutely. YouTube is such a huge resource. I mean, you know, obviously we know for anything, but uh, specifically HPT, um, you know, we have simple videos from how to take an info log or a debug yep. that we build in house to, you know, we are all always adding new content every day. We've worked with a, a gas tuner named Alex Pites. Um, he's done some tutorial videos for us and, uh, you know, we, we also have some partners like Goat Rope Garage out there that, you know, they do a lot of uh, LS classes, I guess, so to say, or, you know, how to's or, or whatever you may want to call it. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it's nice to have those resources when, yeah. you know, you're kind of stuck or you're in your garage or you know, you're just the guy tuning his own car is, you know, for your hobby. So we right. saw a lot of that during COVID, you know, so when all the pandemic was going on, it was like everybody DIYs. <laughs> oh man, they came out of the woodwork. It's like yeah. everybody had all this time and you had your project car, your project truck, your project buggy, whatever it may be. And, and uh, plenty of time to use it and, and tons of income. So it was great. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I get a lot from guys is, oh, I have a vehicle and it's tuned an HP tuner tuned it. Right. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Let, let's debunk some of that. HP tuner is not a tuner. HP tuner is a tuning platform. Correct. So you know, I'll keep it by the book as much as possible here. And I'll, I'll read you actually what's on our website. And it, it makes a lot of sense because it, it does debunk those myths right there. So HP Tuners designs and manufactures software and hardware tools for vehicle diagnostics, scanning, logging, calibration, data acquisition purposes. The authorized use of such tools is to bring a motor vehicle into emissions compliance and to maintain emissions compliance, as well as for competition racing or other exempted vehicles. HP Tuners does not create or provide tunes or pre-made calibrations right there on our website. It's crazy right to say, but a lot of people say, oh man, I've been all, oh, I'm all HP tuned up. Well, yeah, you've used our software and our platform, but the way that we've grown our business over the years is, and our bread and butter is our shops, man. People like, you know, Duramax Tuner, for instance, right? Like, you know, there's a million great shops out there, but, you know, folks actually learning the software, delivering their own calibrations with our tool. So right. it's great. No, so it's, you always get that confusion of like, but there's an editor to what you have using oh, that yeah. platform. You know, there, there's always that other person there. That's right. Um, and, you know, I hate to like say this, but because it, it kind of convolutes the situation, but if someone's not happy with the tune they even had, right, if they had actual knowledge, they could 
continue to change their tune had it not been locked down or restricted. So, right. you know, and there's, there's kind of a whole different thing there. Right. But like for people with, you know, gas cars, especially track days, things of that nature, you know, you'll make constant changes, you know, yeah. so. no. even the, the temperature and the air density, you know, could cause the Very calibration. Nice. Yep. 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 Now, one of the things with HPT that I, I've been seeing recently is the diversity in support. Okay. I know HPT is an LS based platform, right? And then, you know, the diesel platform, and now you're seeing side-by-sides and all these different things. So it, I, I guess it, it just, it further diversifies what HP Tuner is actually capable of, right? It, it, as a tool. Absolutely. The unique thing about HP Tuner is actually is that we have a one device philosophy, right? So you sell one device to your customer and we have, we offer calibration diagnostic support for everything in your fleet. So from your you know, Weiss Mercedes Benz, right? Uh, you daily drive an Audi car with a, you know, with a diesel, right? Uh, your kid's F-150, you know, your LS swap Camaro resto mod, your Mustang track car, your Duramax tow rig, you know, your off-road rock crawler, your jet ski, your Can-Am Maverick. I mean, you know, we strive, it's crazy. We, we strive to handle the majority of vehicle applications yeah. out there, whether it be import, domestic, power sports, gas, or diesel. So yeah. um, that's super handy. I mean, you know, it's uh it's really cool. And, you know, we, you know, if you want to just add something else, you still have the same device. It's just a couple of credits and, you know, go on to the next one, move go to, the on next to the next one. one. Yep. Yep. Now, one of the things, you know, I don't know what, how I want to approach this first, but as far as taking on a new platform, right? Like uh, maybe not in today's standards of a, what you guys have R and D wise, but when you guys get into like a new platform, let's say five years ago, okay, getting into a new LS platform, whatever, what's that process look like? Like what's the general process for supporting a new ECM? So it's a super difficult question to answer and I won't get into too much detail, but because we obviously, we don't, we don't discuss how we develop new applications. And it's changed. I mean, the thing is, is it's changed from 10, 15 years ago till, till now. You know? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know, maybe back then, you know, before I worked there, it was like, hey, we think this is cool. Let's start this or whatever. But, you know, we do a ton of due diligence and market studies before we attack a new area of business. And uh, we really make sure that it's something that's, uh, there's a lot of demand in the market right. overall, I would say. And, uh, you know, we still even do a lot of due diligence there. I mean, that's actually a lot of that's put on our sales team. So we do a lot of work to make sure that, you know, we're actually releasing new things that, are applicable to the market. Now, obviously there's, you know, encryptions and all kinds of, you know, crazy new things that the OEs are doing to try to lock us out or keep us from doing things. So it, you know, it makes that job much more difficult overall, but you know, we have a great engineering team and they're freaking stellar. And so, you know, we just, you know, keep working, keep plugging along. I mean, we have new applications coming out literally almost every few weeks, it seems like. Yesterday, yeah. we had Polaris launch. I mean, that's I saw that. yeah. massive. I mean, side-by-side market, Can-Am, Polaris now, you know, the BRP, all the jet skis. I mean, it's crazy to imagine, you know, I, I talked to a lot of diesel shops and, you know, as a sales manager and my conversation is, you know, to the tuners that I talked to, I'm like, hey, do you do side-by-side tuning? They're like, no. And I'm like, how many of your customers do you think that pull in with a truck have a side-by-side? And they like, you see it work in their head for a moment. And they're like, yeah. uh, like almost all of them. I'm like, 
Yeah, I figured so. So it might be something you want to get involved in. And, you know, it's a it's a growing market. And, you know, we're attacking that market differently than our competition as well. You know, I mean, we're offering a custom tuning solution. So mm-hmm. it's not you pull out your handheld, you select one, two, three or four, you flash it and go. Right. You're actually, you know, you're, you're actually working with a tuner to develop a cow based on your vehicle and the modifications you've done to your vehicle or just that you want something more, you know, maybe a little more low end throttle response or all the way to, you know, I want you know, 200 horsepower or whatever. So, Oh, that's crazy. And I mean, I like your approach at that, you know, like for, for guys that we work with, you know, someone's wanting to increase their towing capabilities with their truck. Well, what are you towing with that truck? Well, I have a side-by-side, I have four-wheeler, I have this, I have that. And now, you know, you have that one tool, once again, kind of groups everything in, in a software that, you know, these guys are already familiar with and attacking it from another perspective of it's that shop that was working on that truck or something along those lines versus, you know, being in a speed shop or a a power sports shop, more or less, where they're going to get that can style program. That's correct. That's correct. And, you know, like I said, our approach is quite different, but it's been really great for us. I mean, you know, we're one of the largest tuning, you know, tuning companies out there and calibration companies, diagnostics companies out there. So we, uh, we do a great job at that. So it's been good. Now, now what would you say uh, as, as, as time has progressed and these ECMs have become more sophisticated, what's been one of the most challenging attributes going into new platform support compared to some of the older stuff? Uh, you know, I think for years, a lot of the stuff was uh, real similar, so to say, I guess is the easiest way to to explain it without going into too much detail, right? Like, uh, you know, platform A is similar to platform B, which is similar to platform C, right? Right. Um, You know, LS platform, for instance, right? It's not as difficult to move forward and progress, right, over the years. And now we're seeing that everything is quite different. Um, They're all based, you know, there's different architectures out there, different securities, different encryptions, you know. So it makes it really, really difficult to, and a challenge for us to, to, you know, you, you ever expand your engineering force. We have a massive, really awesome engineering team, but you know, you have to hire more, more and more and more of those type of people in order to do the job properly because you know the manpower it takes is just mounting. But you also think, you know, one platform that comes from an OE probably has, you know, I don't know, hundred or 150, 200 people working on one single platform when we may have two you know, or at the time we had two. So it, uh, it makes it a challenge. I mean, you know, you're trying to basically unravel that work and then re-ravel that work. Right. So that's crazy. It's, it's hard, difficult. Now with the complexities of the ECMs and things like that, that, you know, you and I have chatted about, you know, offline stuff like that. What's the future look like with, you know, the, the way the industry is going with ECM complexity and things like that with some of the new platforms. Man, that's a great question. We're constantly evolving. We're adding new applications every, seems like day. I'm just kidding, but, you know, almost weekly. And, uh, you know, we just released the Polaris. Like I said, you know, that was yesterday. You know, it's just always constantly growing. Um, The best way for someone to, you know, see what we have going on is just to hop on our website, get on our mailing list. Our marketing team does an awesome job of relaying new applications as they come out. You know, and for the guy that just doesn't know what all we tune and maybe, you know, he bought a device from you guys or whatever, right? Like go to hptuners.com, click on the vehicles tab, scroll through it and see if you can find your vehicle, your wife's vehicle, your kid's vehicle, your resto mod, whatever it may be, right? Go click on that and see. I mean, you'll be very surprised at uh, how many applications we actually do support. It's, uh, It's overwhelming. Oh, that's awesome. Well, 
I appreciate you taking some time just to kind of go through the ins and outs. Is there anyone special that you would like to give a shout out to? No, man. I just want to really, really thank you for, you know, having me on the show today. I appreciate it. Um, Thanks for Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power. You guys have been a great partner at HP Tuners. I love seeing the direction you guys are going as well, which is awesome. You know, um, the turbo thing is great. You guys are really, 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 um, you're pushing the envelope for the industry which, as a whole, which I think is huge. And uh, no, man, I, I really have a great time working with you guys. And uh, I appreciate you guys. And thanks for having me on today. No, I appreciate you taking up time, Andrew. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks so much. What's up, guys? It's Anthony, and I'm here with Supertech Jeremy today for our in-shop segment. What's going on, Jeremy? Not much. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. So we've got some uh, L5P information shop work going on. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Kind of give the viewers a, a rundown. What what's we been? What have we been doing in the shop this week? Well, we've talked about it in the past. How I've done uh, DPF on uh, 2021 L5P, yep. uh, the iBuild my diesel <coughs> truck. Um, we talked about that last week, and then the truck's uh, a nice color too. Oh yeah, it's I beautiful. Think we all we're all big fans <laughs> of that truck for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a sexy truck. Yeah, um, I've been driving it for the past almost two weeks now. Yeah, so it's been a couple weeks. So about two. I've got about 500 miles on that truck okay. in the seat. So um, previously we did. Uh, the segment in the shop where I was putting a six-speed conversion in, mm -hmm. um, not six-speed conversion, a shift kit conversion, yeah, the, in valve, body, the yeah. valve body upgrade. Yep. So um, just want to talk about my experience behind it. And then uh, I also got to do another one where you got to drive it. Yeah. So, so for the, the guys at home, I know we've talked about it before. There's no trans tuning for the 20 plus L5Ps. Yeah, it's just, um, it is it, what it is. <laughs> with a 10 speed, it's something that's actively being working on by almost everybody in, in the industry at this point. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of, we've transitioned over to a uh, valve body kit and kind of tell the guys what is involved in there, kind of what, what's included in the kit, what's the main purpose of it. So like I said before, uh, you know, we took the valve body out of the truck. So you drop the pan, drop the valve body, and then we actually uh, replaced the springs in three of the six okay. solenoids. So we, they come with new springs. Uh, we take the old springs out, put the new ones in, and then we also uh, drill a couple holes in the plate to make the line pressure a little bit higher. Okay. So, so we're, when I, when I hear you talking about springs, I would say that's gonna help with some of the shift quality. Yep, shift and quality. And then you talk about the line pressure. So, I mean, that's gonna factor into that as well, but similar to what I would say on like the LMLs where we can control line pressure electronically, and yes. even the 17 to 19 L5Ps, um, I mean, that's gonna help with the trans putting the power down to the ground a little yes. bit more efficiently. Um, this'll do it mechanically instead of electronically. Yep. So um, where, it also helps with like the four, five, six shift, mm -hmm. you know, cause that's your common gear at like, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, when you get up to certain speeds, even accelerating, like, I mean, you're in certain speeds, you're in certain gears, those yeah. correlate, but being able to refine the shifting in those specific gears yes. is gonna make, I mean, because <laughs> we all know when you tune these trucks, the D-fuel is pretty substantial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, as you tune them, even on the older trucks, once you're asking more out of the truck, the trans with that same D-fuel now becomes more pronounced. Yeah. And this is something that's going to help alleviate that from being so aggressive. Yeah, and you don't feel it at all either. Yeah. So, and that's the best part about it. So, Because okay. usually with the shift kit in the older trucks, you you could feel it, especially in a diesel. Yeah. When a D-fuels, you feel it downshift. It, and it's pretty aggressive. But yeah. like you said, you did the, I build my diesel truck. Yep. Um, and Nick has one. Kind of, we did some prototype testing in his yep. uh, 20? Yeah, he has a 20. Okay. And then uh, we, I got to, this is my fourth one actually. Okay. So, and then like I said, we got to do another customer's, uh, his 21 dually. Yeah. And for the listeners at home, um, I think almost all of us has taken a ride in Nick's 20 Denali. Yes. Um, I mean, granted, that's got our stealth, that's got the pressure kit on there. Um, 
I drove that, I want to say fall or summer of last year, when we were doing some turbo testing. Oh, yeah. He told me to go out, like, beat on it, get a feel for the charger. I mean, right. the most pronounced thing was the D-Fuel. Yes. <laughs> and then I had a customer bring in, I believe it was a 21 Dually. <clears throat> And after you installed the pressure kit, it was a night and day difference oh. between Nick's truck stock and then this one Eggs. with the kit in there. Like you can still feel the, the yeah. gear change, and you can tell okay it's shifting, but it's not like bringing you right. in and out of the, the seat like uh, they are stock. So and then the I build me diesel truck, so it's got our prototype sixty four on it. Mm -hmm. So with that, so it's actually a different driving truck as in a stock truck too. Yeah. So it's different animal yeah you know? <laughs> and it's nice because i mean everybody wants trans tuning trans tuning yeah. makes or breaks a lot of the trucks in the 68s right. i mean guys have called and just wanted to buy trans tuning from us um just for those trucks l5ps i mean just it improves the driving yeah uh scenario and driving feel i would say um yeah i'm, I'm curious to see um i might be taking it on a little bit of a longer trip here okay. so i'm curious to see how it's going to do on a longer trip with fuel mileage and just in general okay. you know, you know? cool <laughs> so. no I, I appreciate that i think that gives the guys a lot of you know at home listeners kind of what we've been up to yeah what we have to look forward to as of now we're only offering it as an in-house job because there's a lot of drilling and stuff oh and yeah yeah it's a lot of if you if you got to be very precise <laughs> yeah. so um we'll get you guys next time i'm sure i have an update from you from the trip yeah and uh, we'll catch you guys later all right thanks What's up guys, it's Anthony from Industry News and today I have Sean Lynn with customer support with me today. Um, just wanna to touch base on a couple of things we have going on in the industry. Um, previously, Sean, I know you follow along with uh, the other bits and whatnot. We had some issues with uh, Rudy's Diesel. They have their spring and fall truck jam going on. There were some issues with uh, scheduling last year. I, I, I don't know what happened exactly, but they said there's some issues with them scheduling for their uh, fall truck jam and spring truck jam but they actually just released on Instagram the other day that their fall truck jam has found a new home. Um, so they usually do a fall and a spring, different locations. This one's going to be in Rockingham Dragway in Rockingham, North Carolina. Um, previously, the spring had the issues with the scheduling, but nice to see they got everything worked out there. Um, nothing really new going on, I should say, that we've got to share. We're working on a lot of prototype stuff here on our end, talking about L5P turbos, working on the DT44 for the 2.8, um, but just wanted to share that news with the fall truck jam. Uh, side note, Lynn, you've got some EcoBoost issues, I heard. Or you got something to share with us on that side? Yeah, so I've been uh, talking with the guy that just bought our EasyLink tuning for his uh, 18 EcoBoost. And he was basically going through the different tune levels that we have. We have a tow, a street, and then a race tune, if you will, for the EcoBoost trucks. And he was just curious as to what octane he can run with these tunes. And all of them are able to adjust based on your octane. But the difference is with a tow tune, we can adjust from 87 octane to 93 with some E85, providing you have a 17 and newer truck. And then the sport tune and the race tune, basically you need to run at least 91 octane. Some guys can get away with running 87, but we run 91 as a minimum just in case because we are commanding more and there's more potential for knock if you're not running at least that octane level. And then for the, for the guys at home who listen who have the, uh, the EcoBoosting from us here at Calibrated Power, um, like you're mentioning, those flex tunes, because we have it split up in kind of two different sections, if you will. You've got the flex tunes which can run. Um, you know, we encourage guys to run higher quality fuel, the premium stuff, so everything runs more efficiently. But you can run standard gasoline, then blend in some E85. But in this scenario, you said the customer was, was he running lower quality fuel? I thought I might have heard something about this on the phones or kind of what was he running? 
Yeah, so the issue, the reason why he called in is because he loaded the uh, Sport Tune on there and he was getting some drivability concerns, like the truck just was not responding the way he thought. And he was just running straight 87 in it, so at that point I went and walked him through exactly what the tune requires and what we recommend. And I told him, like, basically, if you really want to run 87, throw in some E85. You can run up to 10 gallons if you got a 26-gallon tank on a 17 or newer truck. Or you can run up to 15 gallons if you have a 17 or newer truck. You can mix it with 87, 89, 93. So there, there's a lot of freedom there. Yeah. Because I know I get calls like this all the time on the sales side, and you, you get them uh, post-sale. You get them on the support side. That we have recommendations. I mean, you want to stick to those recommendations if you want the best, you know, drivability, performance, and just a truck that's going to. Because the big thing also is once you get into the power band, lower quality fuel. That's where I feel like it's going to rear its head. You know, you're going to get. It's going to start to pull timing out those safeties or those thermo limits. Because I know Nick did a very nice blog post on that. That stuff's going to kind of kick in there. Um, so we've got the recommended recommendations to run the higher quality fuel. Or if you are running 87. If you don't have access to it, because I know some stations only have uh, low-quality stuff, you can throw some ethanol in there that'll kind of counterbalance it, per se, so that way you can still take full advantage of the tune. Does that sound about right? Yeah. If you want to run lower-quality fuel and you don't want to pay the extra, we understand. The way to make the truck respond better without paying more for fuel is to simply put some E85 in there. I mean, even just putting five gallons in is going to help because it's just going to bring your octane number up so you can get the benefited... Uh, you can get more benefit from the tuning, basically, by increasing your octane level. Yeah, higher octane, better performance. I mean, that, that's yep. the name of the game. That's why, I mean, guys who are running, uh, you know, higher quality fuels, I mean, trucks always run a little bit better, and that's why we prefer it on the tunes. Um, so, no, we appreciate that, Lynn. That kind of gives guys an insight to what goes on day to day, you know, and uh, on the topic of EcoBoost as well. Sean and myself are actually going to kind of be taking a sidestep off of our YouTube channel. So, you know, we're very informative. We have diesel insights. We like to share with you guys what we got going on in the shop. We're going to kind of do a little channel that's about, we're going to call it EcoBoost Versus. Now, what it entails is Sean over here has a 3.5 F-150 and the truck's what year again? 20. It's a 20. Okay. So, like, we're very familiar with that platform, but we also want to branch out and show you, you know, what is an EcoBoost tow like? How does it drive compared to a, a gas F-150, a 5 liter? or the Ram 1500s, you know, the Silverados. We've done some touching on how diesel compares to gas, but we're going to try to transition. We're going to talk about towing, drivability, creature comforts, you know, what's available in the aftermarket. I mean, we all know that AMS makes some nice stuff. There's turbochargers that we're getting into. The Garrett PowerMax chargers are out there as well. So we're just going to go through and kind of, you know, bring you guys some new content on what that channel entails. Then uh, do you have anything else to throw in there, Lynn? Yeah, we've had people asking on the YouTube channel when Nick did the Duramax versus the 5.3 Chevy towing comparison video, and we want to bring that content to you guys. So, turbocharged V6 versus naturally aspirated V8, I think is going to be one of the big things we're going to go with. It'll be a lot of fun. Like I said, towing comparisons, 0 to 60, just drivability as well, because not everybody's always beating on their truck all the time. Yeah. So it'll be nice to bring that up. I mean, keep an eye out for that in the next coming, I would say, a couple months here before we start really rolling on it. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. you got a sassy attitude. <laughs>